the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The first look at this parable makes us wonder just how much Jesus really knew about farming and growing crops. I mean, what kind of gardener leaves weeds to flourish in a garden? Weeds can take over and choke out the seedlings, which is exactly what Jesus warned us about in his parable of the sower that we heard just last week. When some of that seed fell with those weeds and the thorns. Not only that, leaving weeds to stay in the garden until they have grown more seeds only guarantees another crop of weeds the next season. Now, I'm not much of a gardener, but correct me if I'm wrong, but usually when a gardener sees a weed growing, without a second thought, she'll bend over and pull it out and throw it away. Jesus might have been a great carpenter, but I don't think he knew much about farming. We might find some of the details of this parable a little strange today, but those who heard it the first time out of Jesus' mouth may not have had any trouble understanding this farming story. I think that there are three things that we need to understand that might make this parable a little easier to make sense of in our 21st century day today. The first is that sowing weeds in a neighbor's field was this common way that folks had of getting even with each other. Instead of spray painting graffiti on their fence, they would throw weeds into their neighbor's crop. And apparently this got so out of control that the Roman government actually passed a law against it. Secondly, the particular weed that's spoken of in this parable, many scholars say, is most likely this particular type of ryegrass. So in the early stages of growth, everything looks the same. You couldn't tell what was wheat and what was this ryegrass weed. You didn't really know there were weeds into your field until the heads of grain appeared, but then it was too late because the roots were so interwoven that pulling up a weed would also pull up the wheat. And third, apparently this particular type of ryegrass was actually poisonous. And the symptoms of eating these seeds were dizziness and slurred speech and convulsions, vomiting, diarrhea, bad stuff. So that means that at some point, there had to be a separation between what was good and what was bad. And so putting all of this together, Jesus tells us this parable. A farmer sowed a field of wheat, but while he slept, an enemy came and through ryegrass seeds, so that when this wheat began to sprout, so did the weeds. His farm worker was concerned about the weeds and was ready to rip them all out. But surprisingly, the farmer tells him, let the wheat and the weeds grow together until the harvest. Then I'll tell the harvest workers to pull the weeds up first and tie them in bundles and burn them. And then gather the wheat and put it into my barn. Well, that's all well and good, but what are we supposed to do with this parable? 
Is this really just a story about agriculture and good farming methods? What is Jesus really telling us today? Well, in this farmer's field, the wheat and the weeds are mixed together, good and evil, side by side. It's kind of like that with people, isn't it? Sometimes it's hard to tell who is good and who has evil intentions. Who are the threatening people among those we pass in the street? Who are the dangerous and the destructive? Which apparently friendly neighbor of ours might have enough anger to hurt or even kill someone? Who will cheat us when we least expect it? There are those who sacrificially give themselves to serving the poor, the dying, the sick, the refugee. But there are also those who will kill, maim, and imprison the innocent. As Christians, Jesus calls us to discipleship, to righteous and right living. But even in the body of Christ, even in the church, there's a mixture of wheat and weeds. Those who are obedient to God's calling and those who are not. Some kinds of evil and certain people who do evil things are obvious, just as there were certain weeds that farmers field that he knew were clearly weeds and ripped them out right of the way. Usually the difference between what is good and what is bad is pretty clear. And Jesus clearly points out that where evil is clear, then we need to do something about it. Just take his example of that action in the temple that he did when he saw that the temple had become a marketplace that making money had replaced prayer and worship. Jesus wasn't afraid to take action against what was wrong. But this morning, Jesus isn't talking about the evil and the good that can be easily distinguished. Like the poisonous ryegrass among that wheat, often it's impossible to determine what is good or what is bad. And this is precisely Jesus' point. In fact, sometimes what we might deem as evil at first sight might actually end up being good and vice versa. We are often too quick to judge, thinking that we have all the facts when in actuality we probably don't. During Jesus' time, tax collectors were condemned by everyone as thieves and traitors. As far as everyone was concerned in Judea, there was no way any tax collector could ever get to heaven. But just look at the good that Zacchaeus did after his encounter with Jesus. The thief on that cross next to Jesus was no friend to anyone, condemned by all and hanging on a cross because of his proven wickedness. Everyone was finished with that man everyone except God. Jesus declared him a good man, a forgiven sinner, and promised him a place in paradise. That is called grace. The parable we hear this morning through the words of this farmer 
is urging us not to be hasty in our judgments of other people. It's not up to us to distinguish between what is wheat and what are weeds. We are instead encouraged to be patient. There will be a harvest and there will be separation, but let God bring about those things in God's own time. It's not for us to predict how God will judge people. And this parable actually rejects any action on the part of the servants that would try to separate the wheat from the weeds themselves. This parable concludes reminding us that in spite of this evil, there actually will still be a harvest. And the farmer and the workers rejoice at the size of this harvest. It turns out the weeds in the field in the end don't really have any impact on the size of what's reaped. The seed was good. And in spite of adversity, it brought a fruitful harvest. So the parable ends on this note of triumph. God's people will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. And so, sisters and brothers, write no one off as hopeless, lost, irredeemable, or worthless, because he or she looks like a weed. That's the way God views each and every one of us. God refuses to write us off. God refuses to write off even the person who at this moment defies God, denies God's existence, and allows evil to run their life. There is always grace. God is always reaching out to every person, regardless of how good or evil they may be. Every time evil takes control of our lives, God graciously invites us to come back to receive forgiveness offered through his son and to welcome the Holy Spirit who will gladly guide and lead us down the path of right living. I imagine that the last judgment will be full of surprises. And when we look around that crowd that's standing with us in heaven, I'm sure we'll say, what are you doing here? <laughs> or we may think, I didn't expect to see that person here. The harvest will be plentiful. Thanks be to God.